We thought it was going to be a busy couple of days, and boy, oh boy, buckle up, fantasy heads. We have a spicy couple of episodes ready for you on the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, starting with Tuesday's episodes. Trades, Taylor Hall on the move, news. What do you need to do with your fantasy squad in a few weeks for these fantasy drafts? Tap into Tuesday's episode and find out. Let's get right to it. Your Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back inside the lab, everybody, to your source for off-season hockey and fantasy squad news. It's the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast with my boy, Steel Roden. You can check out his work all across YouTube under NHL Quick Hits and, of course, all across the fantasy hockey realm on the Locked On channels. I'm your boy, Big Flip Livingstone. Thank you for joining us for the Tuesday episode, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Steel, we kind of predicted these couple of days, weeks leading up to July one, going to be busy. Mm-hmm. NHL awards. This brings all of these NHL pundits together. This means things are going to happen. And now here we go. We've seen a few things happen over the last couple of days. Taylor Hall on the move. Big salary dump from the Boston Bruins. Yeah. What does this mean for Tyler Bertuzzi and some more Boston Bruins moves? I need to pick your brain about that. I need to also know what you think about Tory Krug throwing the brakes on what I think, you know, Danny Briere is probably feeling the heat the most. You mentioned it. He's trying to put his stamp in Philly. We'll talk about the trade that is now on hold. Kevin Hayes, maybe not going to St. Louis. And lastly, my goodness, the Calgary Flames, the last two years, they went from being Stanley Cup contender steal to now it's almost a straight fire sale for the Flames. I need to know what you have to think about that situation. We'll get to it all on today's episode. I'm throwing it right over to you, though. Taylor Hall on the move. Take that angle any way you want to take it. Yeah, Taylor Hall in the rights to Nick Foligno headed to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Foligno is currently uh, and remains at UFA, so maybe the Chicago Blackhawks find a deal with him or he becomes a free agent uh, at the start of July 1st. So those two players swing their way to Chicago while Boston receives Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula, two uh, prospect guys who have only played less than 80 games in the NHL, haven't really gotten that opportunity yet. But like you said, this was – Obviously, a salary dump and a contract dump to free up some uh, some some cap salary for the Boston mm-hmm. Bruins. They now have 11 million in cap space. Hopefully, they can re-sign Bergeron and Krejci to one-year team-friendly deal. I think that's what their main priority is right now is to keep Probably. a few of their top centermen for the Bruins. But the main mm-hmm. point of this trade is Taylor Hall. What does it mean for his fantasy value? What does it mean for the Chicago Blackhawks? And the first mm-hmm. thing right off the bat is. The Chicago Blackhawks don't get any younger by any means with this trade. Taylor Hall is right. still a 32-year-old veteran in this league, but he's a speedy mm-hmm. veteran winger who can play on the top line with Connor Bedard, the number one overall picks, or soon to be number one Thank overall you. pick. Great so point. A guy, who, a guy who can score, can keep up with this generational talent. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to throw in Andreas Anthonisiu in this uh, position as well because he's a speedy winger okay. who can fill in on the right side on that top line for Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it does play a, a pretty well into Chicago's plan 
and where they want to take this organization over the next few years. Obviously, they're drafting a generational talent. They want to support mm-hmm. guys with him right now that can mentor, lead him, and a few other young guys on their roster. But for Taylor Hall, um, you know, th- this is a, a tough decision of where his fantasy value is. He's coming off a season where he only played 61 games. He had 36 points, over 150 mm-hmm. shots, 30 blocks, and uh, over 30 blocks and over 30 hits as well. So tough to, you know, categorize or uh, categorize or pinpoint where his fantasy value uh, is right now because the year prior to that, he finished with 61 points in 81 games, over 210 shots with over yeah. 50, and, uh, 50 blocks and hits. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to see mm-hmm. where Taylor Hall falls, especially since his ADP is at 164 yeah. right now. I think I think right. he would fall in the category or the uh, draft round of probably the twelfth or thirteenth. Yeah, it's tricky. I you know again we've this is what we're going to break down over the next couple of weeks because this is what we have to do and players are going to be on the move. And actually, I my first gut instinct was to think you know there's some pieces in Chicago. Lucas Reichel steal. I want to put him yep. on the list of some of those guys that you're going to get really upset with. Flip, stop talking about the same couple guys. Hashtag Cole Perfetti, hashtag Seth Jarvis. <laughs> Lucas Reichel to me is a guy that no one is talking about enough. And there are some small opportunities, and this is a bit of a gamble to predict that Taylor Hall yeah. is going to go to a team like the Chicago Blackhawks. He's going to now have to be that veteran presence, right? Jonathan Taves, we don't think he'll be back. Kane is gone. He is going there for not just the reason of it makes sense for the Blackhawks roster. Yeah, They need some veteran presence in there. And I actually like this move for both squads, deal because, of course, it makes sense economically for the Bruins. And keep your eye on what this means for the Tyler Bertuzzi contract. I think they're yeah. making the right move here. They also have to pay Jeremy Swayman steel. He's an RFA. You don't want to let any of those things go sour with, I think you and I have both been very clear on what we think of Jeremy Swayman. He's arguably the best second option in the league. He's could be a number one on a lot of teams. So anyway, makes sense for the Bruins. I like it for the Blackhawks. And yeah. actually, I think you can get Taylor Hall, depending on your draft, maybe a little later and get sneaky with, he's going to get default steal, more minutes, more shots. He's probably going to play more power play time. I think this actually is a good thing for Taylor Hall's value. I see 50 points out of him this year. It's good for his fantasy value. I don't think he falls to those later rounds, though, because, again, True. his ADP is in the 14th round right now. Okay. I think people are going to realize that he's playing with Connor Bedard most likely in a generational That's that the talent. fact, yeah. Where do we think Connor Bedard's going to land with his point production? Is he a 60-point, yeah. 70-point player in his rookie season? It's possible mm. that he mm. does, and Taylor Hall's right beside him. So Very good think, point, Steele. I think, uh, yeah, 13th, 14th round, he'll probably remain. If you can get him in the 16th, that's kudos you know to what? you because that's a sneaky dra- draft pick. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, that caveat of playing with Bedard is actually yeah. going to drive his value up. So I messed that one up because, uh, you know what? I would actually love to take a risk <laughs> on him right where you're saying. So kudos to you. You're right. If he plays with Bedard, oh my goodness. And he, at the end of the day, Steele, I think you and I have actually had a few good conversations about the fact yeah. that you can't overlook the worst teams in the league for some really good fantasy opportunities. Mm-hmm. And here we are talking about potentially one of the best ones on a bad team. Connor Bedard, yeah, yeah there's going to be attention paid to him. But hey, power play, Athanasiu, Bedard, Taylor Hall, and Seth Jones on the blue line? I don't hate the opportunities for this team to score some goals. 
Well, well, like you said earlier today, you know, this is an original six franchise and they, we know that they're not going to be bad for long. Uh, I, I really Thank like you. this trade as well. I'm right there with you. I think what this means for their future is they have a ton of flexibility. Like I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, they mm-hmm. only have one mm-hmm. long-term mm-hmm. contract right now. And that's Seth Jones. Uh, every, everyone else is pretty much yep. under two year or on their last year of a contract. And they've got Taylor Hall for yep. the next two years. They'll have Connor Bedard on ELC. They've got $31 million in cap space. So the Blackhawks are trending in the right direction, obviously, once they draft Connor Bedard. The Boston Bruins free up some cap space for themselves as well to see what they can do this offseason. And again, uh, you know, we saw this right before we hopped on here, but I showed it to you. uh, I showed it to you a couple minutes ago. Tori Krug, Mm -hmm. uh, someone tweeted a, a, a video of Tori Krug. Uh, shouting him out with the caption, bring Tory home and David Pasternak retweeted it. So I just thought that was the perfect transition from this trade to a potential rumored trade that had fallen through. Tory Krug refused to be traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't blame him. I would not want to play there too if I was in the National Hockey Mm -hmm. League. We'll talk about that deal after, uh, after we get to our, a word from our good friends from game time. Agreed. And I do want to also mention very quickly, Steele, that I think this just proves that the Tyler Bertuzzi show is about to go off in Boston. He was pretty solid for the Bruins and he's just so much a Boston player. I think now they're trying to shift gears a little bit. You mentioned the veterans that they're going to try and bring back. We'll talk about a lot of different contract breakdowns all summer long. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app because buying tickets for your favorite events, it's not going to be a stressful situation with Game Time. You want to make sure you get the fastest and easiest ways for all of your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you're going to have at your next event. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive with game time. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Steel is copping tickets all the time out west for the BC Lions games, but you can buy it for everything from basketball to baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more all near you. you got to make sure you're checking out game time. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time time download the app create an account use code locked on nhl for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again make sure you head over to game time download the app create an account and redeem code locked on nhl for 20 bucks off download it today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and thank you so much for making the locked on fantasy hockey podcast your first listen every single day make sure after today's show be sure to check out Locked On's 2023 NHL Mock Draft Special. The local hosts of the Locked On NHL channel have made their picks and hosts Gil Martin and Hattie Kalakesh break down every selection over a three-day mock draft event. Find the episodes on Locked On NHL and on their YouTube channel, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast every single day. We appreciate all the love and support out there. And um, who might need some support right mm. now is Tory Krug. Uh, he's been going through the, yeah. the spin cycle, it seems like, recently. Uh, his name's been tossed <laughs> around in the rumors. Potential trade that has fallen through. Yeah. This would have been the trade that would have uh, gone through if Tory Krug didn't wait or, or wouldn't waive his uh, no trade clause. 
Kevin Hayes and Travis Sanheim of the Flyers would be going to St. Louis. And in return, mm-hmm. Philadelphia would have uh, acquired Tory Krug and a first round pick. I can't remember if it was from 2023 or 2024, but it still was Tory Krug and a first round pick uh, either, either this year or next year's, but Tory Krug would not waive his no trade clause. He does not want yeah. to go to Philadelphia and what a shock that is. <laughs> yeah. And here's the interesting thing about this whole situation Steele, And I mentioned to you off air and uh, you know, look, Rarely do I like to come on this show and show credit to other hockey analysts and experts, but Hayes on overdrive up here in Canada today mentioned the fact that there's over 200 players in the NHL with no movement or no trade clauses, which is really just, I think, super indicative of how messed up the NHL is run. Number one, that doesn't make sense. And that just really doesn't lead to a league that should be balanced. And here it is right here. Danny Breer trying to do the right thing, come in, shake things up, finally make things happen for the Philadelphia Flyers after a bunch of years of disappointing seasons in a really important market, Steele. And we're not here to talk about the overall NHL business. We're here to talk about fantasy. But this man is in here trying to make moves that really do impact our job as fantasy analysts. And I'm just kind of rattled the fact that this trade hasn't gone through because at the end of the day, Tory Krug, sure, He's an NHL veteran. Sure. I actually like some of his fantasy value at the very back end of the draft. His peripherals are pretty decent steal for a 31 year old blue liner. It's the injuries with him. So aside from the no movement clause, aside from this trade being held up and actually I think Kevin, Kevin Hayes would be a perfect fit in St. Louis. It's just silly that the NHL allows these kinds of things to happen so often. And lastly, I want your take on this. I think Tory Krug's value would actually plummet going to Philadelphia. Oh, a hundred percent. For me, I don't think he has a ton of fantasy value in St. Louis right now. It would completely plummet if he was in Philadelphia, uh, if he mm. were uh, to go there and, and, you know, f- you know, to go off of what you said with the no trade clause stuff, like look at St. Louis's roster right now. They have nine mm. players under contract with no trade clauses in their contract. There so that speaks to the extent of how much power the players get at certain aspects of when they're getting these contracts mm. and how much power they mm. can have and influence to those contracts. I think Kevin Hayes, I think uh, St. Louis and Philadelphia is still trying to get a deal done. I just don't think Travis Sandheim and Tory Krug will be a part of it. It looks like Kevin Agreed. Hayes will be going to St. Louis just without those two players involved in mm-hmm. it. Speaking mm-hmm. of Tory Krug, though, um, yeah. for me personally, I, I think his career really took a dive when he left Boston and decided to sign that deal with the St. Louis Blues. I think the Blues mm. even realize now that they signed him to a very bad contract. Seven years, $45.5 million contract. He still has four years left. And they're trying Mm. to ship him out because, like you said, he's missing too many games. He's injury prone the last three to four years. Um, He barely plays plays 60 games, gets 30 to 35 points a year over the last three years, less than 130 shots, 90 blocks, 50 hits, all of them less than that over the last three years each year. So. I, I, I see what you're saying. I guess it depends on certain fantasy leagues and, and, and how they're and, being run. Yes. But for me personally, yes. when I look at his ADP, his ADP was 108.9. That's just way mm. too high. He didn't even mm. finish mm. in the top 300 of fantasy points this past year. Again, that's due to a lot of the mm-hmm. injuries that he mm-hmm. has. 
But for me personally, I'm fading Tory Krug. If he's one of your last picks, so be it. But there's to me, there's probably a few better options out there. There is. I just don't know if I'm here for the whole take on like like you're saying 130 shots from a blue liner. That's still pretty solid given his age. You know, 87 blocks. That's still pretty solid. I just I think what I'm most concerned in where I vibe with you and agree the wholeheartedly is now those couple of serious injuries. And he seems to like come in and play a couple of great games and then get hurt and then get hurt again. And he's yeah. just not, you know, I bet you if we looked at these 63 games steal over the last three seasons, however many games it's been, how many are actually consistently big chunks of time at a time? Yeah, it might be really spotty because he's just not been able to stay in the lineup. So to me, it's a real gamble. And if it goes to Philly, I'm not seeing it. I think most importantly, though, here, aside from Tory Krug, the Blues are active. Philly is active. Kevin Hayes is on the move. If you have him as a keeper, like if you're in a deep, deep dynasty league and you do have Kevin Hayes or you're about to set your keeper list, because I know that's going to happen for me in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. here, Steel, or even a week ahead of free agency. And I actually wanted to do an episode with you on that. Some keeper lists. Let's look at that for the dynasty settings because it's about to happen. But Kevin Hayes, actually, I don't want to give up on Steel because if he was able to kind of produce in Philly under your boy Totorella, who we know everyone <laughs> hates to play for. I actually don't hate his ability to go to St. Louis and put up more points. That's how I'm looking at it for Kevin Hayes. I think it would be great for his fantasy value. I don't think he'll jump up three or four rounds, but maybe a no. round or so. Um, because he's surrounding so himself. Yeah. He's surrounding himself with a guy like Jordan Cairo, a guy like Robert Thomas. Those are the guys mm-hmm. that you want to be playing with, especially at this mm-hmm. age of their careers, where mm-hmm. those guys are... Um, you know, 23, 24 years old. Maybe I'm getting their age wrong right now. I'll pull it That's up. That's okay. But playing with young guys. Yeah, 23 in Robert Thomas, 25 in Jordan Cairo. Jacob Verona. Jacob Jacob, uh, Jacob Verona, who we really Looked like. great. in the lineup as well. Yeah. You know, Braden Shen, who's also 31s, who, uh, you know, who used to play for Philadelphia as well. So there's a lot of young guys on the St. Mm. Louis Blues team. Again, mm. I think they have a few bad contracts, Tory Krug being one of them. I think the Jordan Bennington... Big question mark as well. Um, Another guy who has a no trade clause. So the Blues, they have 7.1. There you go, Steve. There you go. $7.5 million in in cap space right now. They're trying to offload some of those bad contracts. If they can do it, who knows what they'll look like next year. They could make a run uh, for a a playoff run. These are one of the teams that I think actually you and I have probably overlooked over the last number of weeks because there hasn't been much to talk about with this St. Louis Blues team. And it makes sense, though, that they're now in the news because, look, I was running back some of the notes that you and I talked about over the last few episodes. And McPhee, McCarron, and Foley, I said this the other day, they have put a lot of GMs in this league to shame. And I think some of them are the front offices and, you know, ownership groups are starting to take notice. You can't just glide by, even if you think you have a ton of great young pieces and contracts. Vegas has been playing the game from Barbashev to Stone to Eichel to all of it, right? So I think you have to really see the response from other teams. And you said it yourself. The next couple of weeks, especially week and a half, is going to be really spicy. And I expect the Blues to be a very busy club. They will be a very busy club. Another club that will be very busy over the Mm -hmm. next weeks and this offseason is the Calgary Flames. We are going to answer the question, what the heck 
is going on in Calgary right now. Everybody is jumping ship. We will break down everything <laughs> that we can uh, coming up very, very soon. But thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Please hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. We appreciate all the love, all the support you show this podcast every single morning. 7 o'clock Monday through Friday is when you can find our episodes. And thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip Livingstone and your boy Steel Roden over here. Breaking down everything you need to know fantasy hockey-wise. And probably one of the biggest stories... Over the last two weeks, uh, just mm. more and more news trickling out of more, more, more and more players wanting out of Calgary. And yeah. I'm going to throw it over to you because Jeez. there's a lot of players to dive into about what their future yeah. in the NHL will be and what, and even how Calgary will survive any of this. I thank you for saying how does Calgary survive this is number one. Um, number two, Steele, I can't help but talk about the Calgary Flames and not talk a little bit about the Leafs. And if you're okay with it, <laughs> I think we should just talk about it for a second. Let's because do it. We haven't, we haven't too, too much. And it's not just me wanting to talk about it. We got David Pagnotto. We've got sources from The Athletic. Uh, I think it was also Friedman, or sorry, Frank Saravalli saying the Leafs are sniffing around Noah Hannafin. And I believe I saw Lindholm as well. That's what I saw. So to me, Steele, what actually the first flag that I brought up, and let's get in on a tangent on this, is what did Tree Living do there, number one? And if there are these rumors connecting the Leafs to these players, let's hope this relationship that he has with some of these guys is a lot better than what happened with Kachuk and Goudreau, his two biggest stars from the year before. But, and this is what I want your take on first, Noah Hannafin would look very good in blue and white. <laughs> Noah Han, you know, I do like him in the Calgary Flames jersey, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Maple Leafs blue jersey as well. And mm -hmm. there's a lot to digest with Noah Hannafin. Uh, I, I remember a few weeks ago when I when I mentioned a potential trade spitball, and I was like, trade somehow figure out a trade for William Nylander and Matt Murray to acquire Markstrom and uh, Rasmus Anderson. Noah Hannafin Ooh. would be a type of guy I'd take as well, but that's mm. spitball in here. But Brad Living is one of those guys who, when he likes someone, he's going to go out them and uh, he knows their game. So I completely agree. Yes. If Noah Hannafin were to somehow yes. end up in a Maple Leafs jersey, he would well, uh, be one of those guys that might uh, jump up a few rounds on the board for me. And Dan Vladar has been another name. This, you yep. know, this isn't rocket science, Steel. The guy is, was in Calgary for a number of years. He comes to Toronto. They have the needs at positions, and Calgary is in flux. Yeah. They were the most difficult team to watch last year, Steel, from a betting yeah. perspective. You and I haven't talked about bets in a while because it's a quiet season. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, just totally unbiasedly, the Calgary Flames team should have been way better than they were this year. And they were just disappointing. They blew leads, won goal games that they should have won. All of those things, though, you almost can't overcome. And you have to kind of move on. They've moved on in the front office. And I think, so what is it? Backland, Lindholm, Hannafin, and even Toffoli, all not wanting to stay. I could honestly see all of them going. But I want to leave this with Hannafin and take it anywhere you want after this. Because I think we'll be talking about the Flames a lot. Noah awesome. Hannafin had a really really good year steal 38 points 
176 shots, 129 blocks, almost 80 hits, and 33 penalty minutes. He was a very, very effective defenseman. And I think, given his caliber, and I know he wasn't really panned out to be, what was he? Was he third overall? Fourth? Fifth. Fifth overall fifth draft pick. Overall. I know he developed slowly and maybe didn't pan out to be the rocket stud on the blue line everyone expected. Six foot three, 210 pounds. He has all the tools to still be that. And he's only 26 years old. I would love him in blue and white as a fantasy yeah. GM and as a fan of the Leafs. And, and you can't even, uh, you know, put blame on him for the production he had this year. He lost Johnny Goudreau. He lost Matthew Kachuk. He was without two superstars that he's played with for the last few years or his entire, mm-hmm. pretty much his entire career so far. And think yeah. about the year prior. He put up 48 points in 81 games. That's a pretty decent year for a 25-year-old for the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. I think you hit it right on the nail. There's there's a lot to be said. I think the biggest one, the biggest news that was really just defeating for a lot of Calgary Flames fans was hearing Tyler Toffoli wanting to leave or not wanting 100%. to resign, especially after his 100%. exit interview after the season was over. He praised Calgary, loving the community. Mm-hmm. And then for that news to drop uh, a couple of weeks later was very tough to hear. But yes. from what from what I'm looking at this from many, many standpoints, but I'm going back yep. two years for this. And the Edmonton Oilers accomplished everything they sought out for when they defeated Calgary in the second round of the playoff two years ago in five games. They have accomplished everything. They wanted to watch as Calgary burned down from the inside, and they did exactly that. (laughs) Flames lose Goudreau to free agency. They trade away a a superstar player in Matthew Kachuk because he was walking anyways. And then we saw... Mm. Over the last year, team chemistry and overall just their luck just starts to fade, starts to crumble. They miss the playoffs. They fire their head coach, their GM, and the organization part ways. And now four more crucial players don't want to Mm re-sign in Calgary. I think, you know, it's becoming a little bit of a trend this year of players not wanting to sign long-term in Canada um, you know, obviously with the Alex to in and Ottawa, yeah. everything that's going on in Winnipeg, I think we know what's mm-hmm. going to happen with Winnipeg and Ottawa, those two situations, Winnipeg's going to get a ton of return for those three guys. Ottawa's going to get a ton yeah. of return for a guy like to We don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen with the Calgary flames. Is this a full teardown rebuild? Are they going to trade these, these assets to get a bunch of prospects and picks and just get more youth and younger? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I don't really know, but I'll say this. Craig Conroy, the new GM, he has his work cut out for him, and he will be really busy this summer. And a new GM as well, Steele. This is yeah. a powder keg the Calgary Flames are dealing with. They also, you know, I I believe, do they have a new, they did at least confirm, I believe, that new arena deal, I think, because there was also all the off-ice issues. I believe they yeah, are I believe close. They I think they, at least that's happening. But at the end of the day, Steele, I think, you know, you mentioned this point of players not wanting to re-sign in Canada. And look, Winnipeg is a tough city. It's a great city. Calgary, yeah. I've visited multiple times. I have family in Calgary. It's a great city. And I actually understand that narrative. But I think what's most important, and I'm not going to try compare living into Las Vegas to living in Winnipeg or Calgary. I'm not going to do that. But when you talk about the setup for winning, and the commitment to the level of excellence that it takes to win a Stanley Cup. And yeah, it's easy to now say because Vegas is going to have a banner hanging in the rafter. 
But that's a non-traditional market as well. And yeah, it's not Winnipeg. It's 148 degrees in Las Vegas sometimes, Steel. You've been there, right? It's not exactly a big attraction as well. What comes down to it is the roster, the coaching staff, and the ability to win. Because also look at the lineup. What is it, 26 out of 29 guys in that lineup were Canadians? Yeah. So it comes down to the lineup and the roster makeup. And right now, Winnipeg and Calgary in big trouble. And if I'm a fantasy GM, I'm being very careful of investing in any pieces on those squads that are not the top couple. Completely agree. You got to keep your eye on everything that's happening. Head on a swivel, baby. Head is on a swivel. Trades, contracts, the draft. It's all coming up starting this weekend, and we'll break down everything you need to know with your fantasy hockey leagues and fantasy hockey teams. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning is when you can find our episode. So make sure you hammer the subscribe, hammer the follow button, and we appreciate all that love and support. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your summer bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.